get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. News, notes, and nuggets. It's time for the Rutherford Report with our Blues Insider, Jeremy Rutherford. Brought to you by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. T-Bone on BK. You got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN. Time to go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Jeremy Rutherford. He's the Blues Insider for The Athletic. You can follow him on Twitter at JP Rutherford. He had a great piece earlier today that we'll get to here in just a little bit on Doug Armstrong, who is who is going to be a part of his 1,000th game tonight as a manager in the NHL. JR, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing today? Good, BK. Alex Tanner, how you guys doing? Doing really well. So, Jay, let's start with the newsy side of things, then we'll kind of get to the analysis here in just a little bit. It sounds like it's going to be Bennington and Net. We all kind of knew that was going to happen, but it does sound like there's a chance that we are going to end up seeing Pavel Buchnevich in this game tonight. Do you think that he will go back with that top line, or do you think they're going to stick with Brandon Saad with Thomas and Cairo if Buch is able to play? Yeah, first on Buchnevich, uh, I saw him in the locker room yesterday after practice and, and asked him to uh, chat for a moment, and uh, he said he didn't know if he was going to play, so he kind of wanted to wait on that. But it looks like uh, today he did skate at the morning skate in Winnipeg, and uh, Matt DeFranks, who's uh, with the Post-Dispatch, is there and said that uh, Craig Bruby just called him a game-time decision, so we'll see. Uh, in terms of him being ready to play, guys, uh, I watched that contact, quote-unquote, contact yesterday that happened with Buchnevich and I mean it was like me you and Alex going on a pub crawl and just kind of goofing around with each other and kind of leaning into each other as you walk into the next bar and there wasn't a lot of contact yesterday so you know I realize it's an upper body injury kind of like a shoulder uh, collarbone type thing and we'll see if he can uh, make it through if he is able to play as far as what line do they put him on I think Craig Ruby's got no choice but to put him on the second line, they've got to keep that line together with Brandon Saad, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo. Not necessarily because they're producing in great number, but because I think there's some chemistry there. I think Saad looks electric. He looked great in that Pittsburgh game. And I think also a lot of people worried about the scoring going into the season. Was it spread out enough? Could you put Buchnevich on that second line? I think tonight... Maybe he gets that chance with Shannon Kapanen, and we'll see what happens from there. Jared, does that say more about the chemistry that Barubi is searching for with Thomas and Cairo if Saad looks good in one game and they stick there? Or does that say more about how they want that secondary secondary scoring, and if one line is clicking so well, they can put Booch down and get more offense? Probably a little bit of both, Alex. You know, Good question. I think what happens in hockey, it seems like every year, is you go into a season with one idea, and you never know what the reasoning is going to be that kind of changes things. And I think, you know, with the injury to Buchnevich, obviously that changed what the Blues had to do. And they put Saad up there. And, you know, Saad on his best nights, when he's skating hard and driving to the net, he can have that type of game. Maybe not five or six grade-A scoring chances like he had the other night. But I think that also provides some stability for Kyra and Thomas. Not that Buchnevich can't provide it, but I think Saad has shown us in the past couple games that he can do that. But, you know, secondarily, I think your other point, is valid is it does provide some potential uh, secondary scoring, which the Blues have not been getting. It's been, uh, with the exception of that Pittsburgh game, 
a pretty glaring area. This decision also has a trickle-down effect to the power play unit. It looked yesterday as if Brandon Saad was going to be on that top unit, and I, I would assume this means that when Booch comes back, he'll... He'll be a part of the second group. JR, what have you seen from the power play over the last couple of games? More chances, still no goals. Is is it starting to come around in your mind? Yeah, I think so. You know, sometimes uh, you regret a tweet a little bit. I think the other night, that goal by Malkin, you just kind of slump your shoulders if you're a Blues fan and say, how much more, uh, you know, can the power play sink? And, and I think if you kind of step back big picture, that was a productive uh, power play. You know, I said it was kind of rock bottom when Malkin scores there, but you know, they did have some chances. And I think if the power play is as bad as it's been and you're, you're starting to get scoring chances, that's probably a positive. It, it just, I think uh, watching that game to see Malkin come out of the box and score on a, on a, on a situation where the blues kind of flubbed the, flubbed the puck uh, was tough to see. But I think what we're seeing BK a little bit more is yeah, some urgency. I think some uh, deliberate, plays i think some passing some aggressiveness uh but for me it's still a little bit too much on the outside i mean it can look swell and great and you're moving the puck and you're zipping passes from down low up high you know d to d uh i just don't think that there's enough going to the net right now and i think this power play isn't going to be successful till we see that do they consider getting perunovic back in the lineup i doesn't sound like tonight but at some point this upcoming week yeah, it doesn't look like tonight. I think at some point they, you know, they've got to get him in there, um, you know, just for the sake of he's got to play some games. I know they're, you know, more concerned right now with liking who they like in that defensive rotation. And I asked uh, Craig Bruby that question, that specific question, a couple days ago, and he said, "Look, right now, Scandella and Tucker are our guys." He felt that Scandella's best game, I think, was uh, just a couple games ago. And also he likes where Tucker's at and he likes that physicality that Tucker brings. You know, I think a lot of us speculated, uh, Alex, maybe can you put Prinovich in there, put him in the power play, give it some sort of life. It looks like for now that they're not going to get Prinovich in there until they're completely uh, satisfied with where his uh, defensive game is it. But, you know, it's the old catch 22. How can he get better at it? unless he gets in some game action. Jeremy Rutherford is our guest for just another couple of minutes here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over at The Athletic. And if you do so, you'll find his piece from earlier today on Doug Armstrong, who is going to eclipse 1,000 games in the Blues general manager chair. Uh, JR, what did you learn when talking to Army, talking to other people around the league about Army in your conversations about what he's meant to this organization in his 1,000 games here in St. Louis? Yeah, because I think that we all know that the respect level around the league is there. But to me, you know, it's pretty incredible that, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like yesterday he got hired, but it doesn't seem like that long ago. And now we're talking the longest tenured general manager in the hockey league, in the National Hockey League. And I know that it's kind of fleeting, you know, guys come and go. Uh, You look at the the stats that I had in, in the story, since Doug Armstrong came aboard in 2010, there's teams around the league that have had five different general managers, Vancouver, Toronto, a couple others, you know, many others that had four general managers in that span. So I think that's first and foremost. Uh, but what, what also kind of caught my attention talking to Doug Armstrong for about 15 minutes before that Pittsburgh game the other night is just the, 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 the helpfulness that GMs are and provide for each other. Uh, yeah, they're competitive, yes, and they want to win. But this is a fraternity, and Doug said that when you go into those meetings uh, early on when you're a younger general manager, it's kind of intimidating. And now that he's more of an elder statesman, he's there to help some of those younger guys and, and, and be, uh, be there for them if need be. And he also did give me a little nugget. He said that uh, 
you know, if a GM around the league gets fired, I said, do you call him, Doug, and, and kind of wish him well? And he said, yeah, but I learned something several years ago. Call him twice. Call him, tell him, hey, feel for you, bud. Uh, you did a great job. Sorry to see the news. And then seven or ten days later, when the phone calls stopped coming for that person, you know, give him another buzz and, and kind of be there and be supportive. So he knows the drill. He was fired in Dallas. He went through it. And so I think to hear Doug say that uh, he tries to do that as much as he can was uh, was pretty supportive of that fraternity. Jared, do you think that his, his long-term stay with the Blues and the respect that he has around the league, does that benefit him when you're trying to go through this quick retool that he's discussed? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think we always joke that uh, when he calls you and he's trying to make a trade, hang up because he's won more <laughs> trades than he's lost uh, for sure. But I think that, uh, you know, in doing several pieces, including a big package on Doug Armstrong this past summer, the one thing that I get from talking to other general managers is and, and agents also is that uh, everything's black and white with Doug. So if, if he's calling you and, and he wants to try to improve his team, he's he's also thinking about why it would make sense for you to the other general manager. And, and so I think you ask, you know, does it benefit uh, the Blues to have that kind of experience with, with Doug? I think it does because, you know, he can kind of do his homework, do his due diligence, have his staff look at guys, identify where he wants to go and who he wants to get, and who's going to help him improve it, and then make those phone calls. And they're quick phone calls. You know, I, this is what I see. I think it helps you. I think it helps me. Do you want to do this? And if it doesn't match up, then then you move on. But, you know, there's not a lot of beating around the bush with him from the people I talk to straight to the point. I think that's helped him in his career. JR, appreciate the time as always, man. People can go find that story that you had. There's some great nuggets in there on uh, Doug Armstrong over at The Athletic. You can also find the link if you'd uh, prefer on Twitter at J.P. Rutherford. Appreciate the time, as always. Great work on that story. We'll talk with you again next week, my friend. Thanks, boys. Thanks.